0: G'day, Mike Hussey here but you can call me Mr Supercoach KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au
1: Ts and Cs apply Canada. New South Wales authorisation number TP tp.01005
0: G'day, Mike Hussey here but you can call me Mr Supercoach KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au
1: Ts and Cs apply New South Wales authorisation number TP 01005.
2: This is how you do it. Quizzy, dad, come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, dad, come play it. Quizzes on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize, 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that come play it. Quizzy that can play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yes, give us a call, and well, you have called. We got Mark from Tauranga Morning, Mark
3: morning, boys. How are you? The rig. Good,
2: thanks, Mark. How are you, the rig? Not too bad, not too bad. I forgot the I one, oh, no, though, so uh, a little
3: bit
4: lighter in the pocket than I should
2: be. <laughs> oh, it's okay, mate. mate. Maybe maybe you're the, way, the reason why it won. Eh? You might be a bit like <laughs> me. Are you like, you're good at stopping horses, eh? <laughs> oh, I never have been until you said that, but, well, it's <laughs> <that's terrible. laughs> No, I'm joking, mate. Love it, love it. Anyway, good luck, Marky. Here we go. The Silver Ferns have bet the Australians in the first game of the Constellation Cup. Who won the 2021 Constellation Cup? New Zealand, Silver Ferns. Silver Ferns is correct. Question number two. Rafael Nadal has just welcomed his new baby boy into the world. Name one of the two Grand Slams Rafa has won this year.
3: Shivers. Uh... Wimbledon Oh no
2: <laughs> Wimbledon is incorrect Sorry what? my brother Have a good day Yeah yeah. What? If you know Rafa Zaid of Morkland will know one of them Morning Zaid Good morning Was one of them the Australian Open? Australian Open is correct What was the other one? Was it
1: French or no?
2: Yeah yeah, friend, she loves a bit of clay as a rougher. Question number oh, 3. Get.
1: King of clay. Yeah. King
2: of King of clay. The driver who caused the massive pile-up on lap 5 of the Bathurst has been fined to the nearest thousand. How much was it in AUD Aussie dollar?
1: Oh. another clue for that, I don't know. Um yeah, it's not 20,000.
2: 21,000 <laughs> 21, is incorrect, sorry Zaid. have a good one brother, we're going to go to Tony in Auckland, morning Tony
3: <laughs> good Morning guys,
1: morning apples,
2: yeah good brother, good, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to the nearest thousand, how much was that Aussie driver fined for that caused the Bathurst crashed, to the nearest thousand Aussie dollars got ten thousand. Ten thousand is correct on the money, there, Tony. Question number four: Only three countries have won the women's rugby world cup: New Zealand, England, and which other country?
3: Wow.
2: Well, New Zealand, England, and I'll go France. France is incorrect. Sorry, Tony. Have a good day. We're going to go to Brett from Huntley. Ready? Morning, to you. Shot Kazi, $4.50. Shot poli Moati. Happy days. Yes. I knew I won when I checked my Twitter because you're always on the money, mate. Appreciate it. <laughs> Brett, ah, but only three countries have won the Women's Rugby World Cup. New Zealand, England, and which other country? The States. USA, 1991, how the good. USA. They won't win this one, Chris. <laughs> they won't win this one for sure. <laughs> I think they are reading they love those Northland pies. They spent $1,000 wow. at the bakery in Northland. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they won't win. Wow. <laughs> Here we go. Mark Todd won two gold medals in the equestrian's individual three-day event. What was the name of the horse he rode? Charisma, bit of a legend. Mm. Whoa! Charisma. Tony, it's easy questions. Bang! Hey. Bang! Oh, yeah, to be fair, bang. that's
1: the easy one, Neeps. <laughs> 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 You've yeah, been
2: told, Neeps. Uh, bang! Bang! He's still recovering, bang, b-
1: Brady. He's still recovering, Brit, from falling over in the shower.
2: Oh, nah, it was a, it was okay. the towel, remember? Oh,
1: the towel. That's right. <laughs> Changing <Chunk laughs> the tyre. Come on, was a omen, Daggy? Yes, for yeah. tomorrow, yes, brother. Yes,
3: brother.
2: coming out of the screws cuz. Oh, i I've, hold, I've, i I know
1: that pose. brother. Yeah. Let's hold the pose
2: and okay. a twirl. Okay, and, and a twirl, twirl, twirl and a little club twirl? Okay. Yeah and, and just, then look uh, back and just, stare at my pro in the eye. you know who does that just uh just touch the nose, but <laughs> touch the nose. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm going to do it, brother. I'm going to do it. Anyone doesn't need a fill up is Brett from Huntley He gets another 50 bucks Oh, mate. Oh, <laughs> bloody TAB counts flying. <laughs> yes, it is. That's, that's how it goes when Neeps does these easy quizzes. I don't know what's gotten into Neepia. But right now, we've been open and honest and we've been talking concussions throughout the week and being open and honest about it. Time to talk about something very close to the heart of myself and Kempi throughout the week. We've been open honest about our growing anxiety and concerns around concussions in sport, especially with the careers we've had ourselves. It's a topic which has been rightly plaguing sports leagues and athletes for a number of years, but the resolution and the commitment to fully understand and addressing the situation is something that has certainly been lacking. Our next guest knows about all that too well. Chris Nowinski is a former professor, professional athlete turned neuroscientist who founded the Concussion Legacy Foundation to support athletes with CTE and promote safer sports through education. The work he is doing in this field is world leading and we couldn't think of anyone more equipped to join our discussion on the extremely important topic. Chris is online with us now.
4: Morning to you, Chris. Uh, Good morning to you. Thanks for having me.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, mate. Uh, quickly, why is this so important for you, Chris? And how long have you been on this journey for? Uh,
4: so I've been doing this uh, almost 20 years now after a series of concussions and I was wrestling with WWE uh, ended my career. And uh, I learned very quickly that the, my problem was that I had been getting concussions my whole career playing football at Harvard University and and hadn't told anyone because I didn't think we were supposed to, just like you guys probably did. And it caught up with me. So I had, I've had i had permanent post-concussion syndrome, although I'm better now 19 years later than I was for the first 15 years, which I had chronic headaches and other issues. And then I learned about CTE and started the Brain Bank at Boston University to try to figure that out. And, and that's been very scary about what we found over the last 15 years.
1: Hey, Chris, just a, just a question uh, right at the front end here even today are the players actually aware or the athletes aware of this major problem with CTE that's happening
4: no not i mean not at all not even not even over here i talked to some uh you know nfl players who are known for being very smart long careers and they they literally still don't know that it's not really a concussion disease and and you know that that's part of the conversation we'd have worldwide is that you know, concussions are discrete events. We've each had somewhere between, you know, five and 50. and uh, But we don't see a correlation with how many concussions you had and whether or not you get CTE. CTE is really caused by the 10,000 hits to the head or 20,000 or whatever our number is. All those hits create uh, sub-concussive or silent brain damage, stuff you don't feel uh, that triggers a degenerative process that we find in a really... A surprisingly high portion of athletes, especially those who played a really long time.
2: So you just touched on on the findings that you you were able to figure out on this fifteen years. Can you talk to us about the the details and and share some information that you have found over the last fifteen years?
4: Yeah, I'm happy to. So so we've been we've studied about 1,300 athletes' brains after they've died. It's all led by Dr. Ann McKee at Boston University. I I came to her 15 years ago and said, if I can get you brains to study, will you cure this for me before it takes me or my buddies down? And what we've learned is that uh, essentially, while you're playing, you get small lesions or you can get small lesions, uh, usually behind your forehead, in the frontal lobe, and also in deep parts of the brainstem, that uh, essentially a a protein that holds together parts of your cell can start to fall, fall apart and your cells start to crumble. And they keep falling apart after you retire. And so the disease sort of has four stages where at the beginning you see these sort of very tiny, small lesions in specific areas of the brain that are vulnerable to trauma. And then by when you get to stage four, it's eaten away so much of your brain that you're basically in a nursing home with dementia. And then it's a, it a, can be a scary journey in between with mental health problems, cognitive issues, uh, and, and abnormal behaviors. Um, and what we found, we've studied mostly American football because that's the most popular sport here. And um, we found that your odds of developing CTE probably double maybe every three or four years. And, and once you get to more than 10 years, you know, we see, we've seen it in the majority of people we've studied. Um, we, we get a biased sample, so you can't really get a prevalence rate. We still can't diagnose it in living people. We still can't figure out how to treat it. But we're, we're starting to realize, you know, we've, we've proven beyond any doubt, even though New Zealand rugby will try to tell you something different. We've proven beyond any doubt that it is caused by repetitive hits to the head, repetitive traumatic brain injuries. That's understood. That's known here in the U.S. very clearly. Uh, and now we need to do a lot to both prevent it and then fix all of us who've been hitting the head too much.
1: Hey, Chris, if you've got the numbers, you know, you're talking about the, the, the amount of hits, the 10 to 20K hits to the head and the 1,300 athletes that have been able to uh, give up their brains after death so that you can study on it. Is there a, a methodology or a, a current way of, of taking a baseline given the information that you've had with the current athletes to see where their, where their brain is healthy? And if you're talking that two to three years... Um, if you can go, go over that time and recheck it to, to see what the damage has been done?
4: You know, I, I would, mo- most of us would say today that it's not worth your trouble to go in every year, every few years to get evaluated, uh, you know, to try to track progression because really, like, you can't see it on an MRI until late when you've started to lose volume and your brain's shrinking and, and, and certain things become clear. But like at my age of 44, it probably wouldn't tell us a whole lot, so it'd be a waste of time and effort. That being said, getting evaluated for mental health disorders and getting help, like, that is really important because basically what we find out is that you know, and you'll, you'll you're probably see it in your community, just some guys start to go down this path where they start to have anxiety or depression or cognitive issues, trouble at work, trouble with their family, whatever it is, and it can spiral into an early death. And I've seen it take down, I mean, it, it just took down one of my college roommates. Uh, who died at 45? Like it, it can it. You get into these sort of mental health spirals, addiction issues, all those things. So we need to be vigilant, helping people, and then we need to figure out what studies are actually worth and what tests are worth doing in the long term. So, so one of the things that we did was we actually partnered um, with the University of Auckland and uh, Sir Richard Fall and their brain bank to get more scientists working on this. And so uh, we've started a brain bank there really to both prove this is a problem in New Zealand because I think there's still denial there, uh, but also if we can get the top scientists all working on cures, we're going to be in a much better place. So what I always do, just so you guys know, is I always invite my ex-athletes I talk to to pledge to donate their brain uh, to our brain banks. Would you guys be interested in in pledging to donate to Sir Richard Fall and the University of Auckland?
1: Oh, I would, 100%. Yeah. I
2: think it it'll be something going forward that I'd actually consider, for sure. I touch on it, Chris, about my own struggles. Of, I was concussed many a times back in the day, but it's that old adage, you know, you never want to show weakness, and uh, so you went back yep. out and you rolled back out the next week and continued to take head knocks, and now I'm starting to consider wow, ah, why have I forgot that or why am I, you know, I'm dealing with my own uh, mental health issues at the moment, anger, you know, things and, that are happening, and I'm thinking maybe it's stemming from from the situation uh, that went on earlier. But you touched on prevention, Chris. So prevention, what is it? How does it look like? Um, you know, this is sport, and particularly in the NFL, one of the biggest sports in America, and I know they're fighting their own lawsuit, but the reality is the game won't stop. So how do we prevent this? Going forward, and and all sports really.
4: Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, the number one thing we do is we need to reduce the amount of exposure you have to these hits to the head. And so, what we we launched a campaign in it, It's it's very hard to do at the elite levels because this is that's entertainment and that's for money. But at the youth levels, it's really easy, and especially because we now know those hits to the head. You know, we we have no reason to believe they're not as likely to spark CTE when you're ten as when you're. 30. So what we started a campaign called Stop Hitting Kids in the Head where we're trying to convince governing bodies to say look we should have a different version of each of these sports for kids before let's say 14. Right? Like anything that happens before then doesn't really matter. It's important to get kids working out and exercising and learning and having fun, but they don't need to get hundreds of hits to the head each year and all the concussions that come with that. So so that's number 1 and then number 2 would be change what happens outside of the games the easiest thing to do is change how you practice because nobody cares no one wants to be running into each other in practice if can we teach people to tackle without having them get hit in the head over and over again and some some teams are able to do that but i would say those are number one and number two by far everything else you're doing after that is much smaller
1: chris talk talk to me about denial from organizations you know you're talking about the people that sit on these boards and they're they're selling media rights and entertainment. Talk to, talk to us and get us a, um, and under, give us an understanding of this word denial.
4: Yeah, yeah, CT denial is an interesting one. So there's a few different levels here. One, it just came out yesterday that the leader of sort of the sports industry's resistance to CTE, um, Paul McCrory from Australia, has been exposed as a serial plagiarist misrepresenting other people's science and in, in journal articles. So, you know, it, I feel like things are about to topple, but he's been telling everyone CT is made up and they've believed him. Now, part, I think a lot of them believed him, even though they know better. Um, and really they're looking at two things. One, they're worried about lawsuits from players who played and are, are hurt or, but they're even more worried about kids not playing anymore because, uh, kids are, n- are not really the pipeline for talent. They're the pipeline for fans. Every It's very known in the sports business that, you, you know, you got to create your next generation of fans. And kids pick the sport they're going to be lifelong fans of most often when they're in elementary school, when they're between like 6 and 12. And so you want the kids playing your sport at that time because then they'll follow it the rest of the life, buy tickets, watch it on TV, and sustain your revenues. And so we have this sort of battle going on where the business of sports is actually sort of lying to the public right now about what's going on with athletes. And and when we put this in the context of what's happening to children, um, I'm hoping that we can pressure them to change and start being truthful and then adjust their sports. Because no sport necessarily has to go away, but we just need more rational versions of them so that we don't create this horrible brain disease that no one needs to get.
2: I love it, I'm absolutely loving this conversation and uh, it's it's insightful as anything Chris, just just quickly people that will be sitting at home or, or ex-athletes that will be listening to this what are the things we can and we're starting to think ah, oh, maybe I do have some problems going on with CT or I've been concussed over time so what are some, uh, some signs that will probably point us to, to make that decision to go get the checks and if we do have it what do we do? You know what? How how, how, how yeah. are we are able to? Are we able to heal it? Are we able to get through it?
4: Yeah, yeah. No, it's a great question. So if you're if you if you got hit in the head too much playing sports or otherwise, um, and you're sitting at home going, this sound some of these things sound familiar. I have new onset mental health problems, or they're getting worse, or I'm having problems remembering things, and I feel like I'm too young for that. Um, the good news is you can treat the symptoms, and often very effectively. So, uh, you know, you can even go to our website, concussionfoundation.org. We have a helpline. You can email us like, hey, I need a doctor. And we'll find you someone in New Zealand. We have great connections. There's a great TBI network there. Um, So we'll get you somebody to get you better. The good news is a lot of people get very fast, positive results because a lot of these things build on each other. So, for example, uh, I found out one of the reasons I was struggling so much is my sleep was so damaged from the hits I took. And once I got my sleep under control, I started feeling better. I was able to work out better. I was able to lose weight. And, and and so if you can tackle some of these things, you can actually get back to where you want to be for a long time. Eventually, CT can be too much to overcome. But right now you can. And so if you're having these problems, uh, definitely reach out for help. And if you're older and it's cognitive or it's, it's your partner who's showing these things, your 60s, 70s, you can still do so much to make your life better and easier including education caregiver support those sorts of things so don't be afraid no one no one can tell you you have cte so don't be afraid you're going to get some uh, you know doom and and just know that a lot of this stuff it's not cte it's and it's treatable things so i don't you know somebody who probably has it i don't sweat it too much you know because i'm okay right now and i know to go where to go get help if i need it but i'd rather what i'm trying to do with my energy is You know, advance the research so that we have. If I do need something in ten years, like we really have a real treatment that could stop this thing uh, from from progressing in my brain.
0: Hey Chris, just one last one before we let you go. You just referenced New Zealand rugby earlier on, and it just piqued, piqued my interest. Like NZR, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with the AFL, NRL, sporting leagues and governing bodies around the world. Have you seen a change in tone? Or are you still concerned about the seriousness and willingness to have the mature conversation?
4: Uh, that's a great question. So it's slowly happening. like so actually, the NFL was one of the first governing bodies to admit that their game causes CT and it hasn't hurt them a bit. And then um, you know the, the next the next big group has been the Football Association in the United Kingdom. They've actually acknowledged this is all real, and they start they just banned heading for kids before twelve. I was on the Sunday program there, maybe a year or two ago, and they put me, you know, they have me being quoted saying, no serious scientist believe cause and effect hasn't been proven. Then they went right to the CEO of New Zealand Rugby, Mark Robinson, who, you know, sort of gave the big tobacco, like, it hasn't been proven yet. We haven't ruled out lifestyle and all these, like, I, I've always been giving bad advice, but the idea this is caused by drugs or alcohol or lifestyle is preposterous and sad and silly mm-hmm. to say. So, um, so anyway, so yeah, no, it's, you know, we do need to be adults about this. You know, we are, again, I want those people to think about the fact they're recruiting kids to a sport that may destroy their lives and being dishonest about it. Uh, you know, it's fine. Again, rugby and football and soccer, they're great for adults and entertainment. And you can, you can go bang your head in if you want to if you're an adult. But let's think about what this means for kids. That's, that's, what, horrible, that's what I want people horrible
2: to be thinking about. That's horrible to understand that, and hearing that that Zealand on rugby. Are constantly thinking about the business, but without the players, they have no business. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you coming on the show, Chris, and sharing this insightful information with us. You are going to help many, particularly myself. Um, you know that, uh, and it's and it's reassuring knowing that there are there are options there to get get yourself better and and get yourself better in shape. So.
4: Appreciate you coming
2: on. Chris Nowinski out of the United States talking all things concussions. Thank you so much, Chris.
4: No problem. I'm coming over in February, so let's connect, and I'll uh, and I'll look forward to meeting Come you on. guys, all right? Yeah, let's have you in studio, right. Chris. Yes. Let's,
2: do a, let's do
0: a
1: proper hour.
4: All right. I love it. Count on it. Beautiful.
2: There you go. How good was that, boys? Um,
1: that was outstanding. <laughs>
3: that
1: was – honestly, so, I'm same. Oof. I'm going – because I'm, I'm into self-care um, – Mm. And some of the some of the tools that he handed out there were gold, mate, absolutely gold. Mm. So uh, if you're listening and you just want to go somewhere, go to go to concussion. Was it con- concussionfoundation was the was the one that yeah. he gave out and yeah. check that uh, website out. And uh, if you've got any problems, contact contact Chris, mate. I've never seen, I've never heard a guy wanting and wanting and willing to give some so much time and help this issue. You know, everyone that I've come across here are always doubtful that it isn't a problem. You know, they're talking about it not being, a pro- not being a problem. So, well done. Well done, Louis. That was a very good get.
0: Concussion Legacy Foundation. Oh, it's not me, mate. It's Chris. He's trying to help all sorts of people, athletes, veterans. Um, Concussion Legacy Foundation. Uh, yeah, as can be said, Go and have a look there. And in February, we'll have him in studio and we'll take your calls. I think he'll do that. You can tell he really cares about this part of the world because of our sports leagues and um, he's making good change. 22 minutes past 7, what do you make of it? 800 150 the Kennard's higher phone line. Any impact or reactions off Chris's chat there? Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day.
3: Caring for our
5: communities, out of the gym and off the park, working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than An Athlete with Izzy and Kempi.
1: Well there are many ways you can be more than an athlete and we've realised during this feature on the show and today we're going to talk about food. Well really it's more than food, it's more about mindfulness around what you're fueling your body with for elite performance and considering the environment while you do it. How good. Olympic silver medalist Brooke Donahue, Luca Jones and sports nutritionist Crystal Dunshimoj have written and published their own version of a cookbook and it's called Sustain. And as they have put it themselves, aims to summarise the specific needs of a plant-based diet for the athletes and to provide readers with a range of delicious recipes and tips to get the best out of yourself as an athlete. Wish it was around in my day. It's a very sharp concept, and we've got a copy of the book here at SENZ, and I must say it's come out beautifully with some delicious-looking tucker inside. Mmm, Yum. Luca Jones is one of the star authors. She's also a gun kayaker who we've seen compete at multiple Olympics, and she's with us on the line now. Morena Luca.
5: Morena, guys. How's
1: it going? Catch you, pie. Hey, um, just tell us, you know, where did uh, this idea spawn from, and have you, had you done much writing before?
5: No, this is the first for all of us. And yeah, it kind of, uh, the idea came about in 2020. We had a bit of extra time because the Olympics had been postponed. And I was having a consultation with Crystal. Just I made the switch to being a um, vegetarian athlete and we were just, yeah, having a chat. And I guess we realized that there wasn't a lot of resource out there for you know, active people, athletes who wanted to incorporate more plant-based meals into their diets. You know, it's, I guess when you're looking for those 1% in performance and you might think that eating plant-based meals um, has a negative impact, you know, people are a bit more, um, yeah, they're, they're a bit more apprehensive, I guess, about making that change.
2: Hey, Luca, t- um, tell us about the... the. Sorry, sorry for interrupting you. Um, the, the benefits... <laughs> The benefits of um, plant-based, can you you tell us about that? I've got a friend that uh, was having her own health issues. She went fully plant-based and pretty much cured her disease that she was dealing with and um, has overcome it. So the benefits that that being plant-based adds to you? I
5: guess for me, I made the switch because of um, animal welfare reasons. You know, I had this Mm. bunch of pet chickens and I just couldn't imagine them, you know, living lives in cages just for consumption. Um, But I think health-wise, you know, I just feel like my body responds well to not eating meat and I'm definitely, you know, very healthy and very able to train and, you know, push the numbers in the gym and on the water and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I definitely haven't noticed any major differences switching to plant-based eating
1: Hey, Luca Luca, just um you've you've connected it with this environmental part of it as well. How how important is that to you and Brooke that the environmental side as well as the plant based side come hand in hand?
5: Yeah, that was a huge um point for us in the book and just, you know, being aware of where our food comes from. There's a yeah, you you have a lot of power pal- with what you buy, you know, in the supermarkets or the food that you consume so, yeah, as athletes we do a lot of travelling and maybe do have a bit of a carbon footprint so, yeah, we're really um, keen to offset that by eating plant-based meals but also, yeah, just to raise awareness of, you know, you walk down the meat aisle at the supermarket and you don't really connect with where that food has come from you know what sort of life that animal has had, it's probably not you know, growing up in the wild, had <laughs> lived its best life, I guess. Yeah.
2: Okay, okay, and and I've got a few mates that have gone to be plant based, that are currently playing um, rugby. Um, I think TJ Pelanara, he's probably the one that's obvious comes to my mind. Um, mm-hmm. So, are you starting to see a lot of uh, athletes around the world singing the same song sheet?
5: Yeah, and it was surprising actually. You know, we kind of reached out while we were doing this book um, to get a few athletes on board just to do a Q&A on their experiences. And, yeah, there are a lot of athletes out there who have switched to either fully plant-based or incorporating a lot more plant-based eating into their diets. And, yeah, I guess maybe it's just uh, the the way the world's going. People are a lot more conscious. And, yeah, I think athletes are really um, becoming aware of their impact on the world.
1: Hey, look, I did, a, uh, I did a accreditation as a functional medicine health coach and, and one of the, the big parts of it was a plant-based diet. What are the health benefits, especially gut health, that you've seen um, come out of this, this type of diet?
5: I think, um, I mean, overall, personally, I just feel a lot less bloated. I feel like, you know, you have to think a lot more um, with a plant-based diet of um, making sure that you're getting everything you need in those meals. And so I feel you're getting a, a wider range of, of nutrients because you're having to, you know, think more deeply and include that range instead of just having, you know, your meat and three veg on the plate. So, yeah, I think, you know, health-wise it's, yeah, for me I just feel personally a lot better Um I I can't really say the science behind it because everybody's different, obviously, but just personally I feel yeah. a lot, you know, lighter and freer on a, a plant-based diet.
2: So one of the um, probably concerns is for the plant-based, and one of the things I've heard when you're going raw and you're going and being plant-based is obviously the costs of going down this line. You know, things are getting expensive. So what, what will it cost if you were living this life? Is it quite expensive or... Or are you doing a lot of these growing growing your own vegetables at home? Is that what kind of you' you're doing
5: um yeah, I haven't really noticed that it's more expensive, but it's probably because I am a bit cheap sometimes. You know, I shop at the reduced to Claire store and I go to yeah. the local fruit and veg shop, which is a lot cheaper than the supermarket. And I think buying things in season makes a big difference as well. Um, Buying dried beans instead of um, canned beans, you know, it goes a lot further and it's a lot cheaper. So i go as far to say that, you know, unless you're um, catching your own meat... Um, or fish that it's actually cheaper to be on a vegetarian diet, and um, especially you know if you've got a, a little bit of garden out the back and you can chuck in some beet or some kale and lettuces and yeah grow a little bit of your own. Um, it goes it goes a long way, and I also feel yeah quite satiated after eating you know a big bowl of veggies and beans and um yeah rice you know like you feel quite full after eating that you're definitely not kind of wanting more
0: (laughs) luca i'm just holding your book right now and i've come across the shashushka with beans which just looks absolutely delicious and it's making me extremely hungry at uh 13 minutes (laughs) past eight but i also come across luca's raw snack bars now, I mm-hmm. guess that raises the question, how many of these recipes are actually yours and how many of them did you have to kind of invent while you were writing the book?
5: Yeah, I guess, like, a lot of them are recipes that were kind of go-to for us and then, you know, through it being a recipe, but we can't just copy other people's recipes. So we've kind of changed them up or added more protein or, you know, I guess... Yeah, judge them up to be um, more suitable for athletes and active people. Um, And I think that was the goal with the recipes. You know, I put a vegan recipe book not long ago, and it was just every recipe was kind of variations on how to eat lettuce. And, yeah, you can't, as you guys know, you can't feel on on lettuce. So, yeah, we wanted kind of proper meals, you know, that that are going to fuel you for your active pursuits. yeah.
1: Yeah, oh, it's hey Luke, it's lovely to, lovely to hear you talk about um, this plant based style. My, my young fifteen year old daughter, she's a vegetarian too, so I will definitely go out and purchase that book. Hey, thanks for for joining us this morning on SCNZ. One last question before you go: Where are you at? Where are you at with your kayaking at the moment? What have you got planned?
5: Um, I've just raced nationals, and next year is Olympic selection for Paris, so that's the big one. And I guess. Yeah, Paris is obviously the the biggest goal. So I've I've actually had a bit of a troublesome year with long COVID, so I'm building back into it but feeling good again and yeah, really excited about getting out racing next year.
1: Nice. Well, we wish you all the best here at SENZ. We'll get you definitely back on when you head up to those uh, those world champs. And thanks a lot for joining us tomorrow. And one lucky winner listening to SCNZ this morning is probably going to win this wonderful book with all these beautiful recipes. Louis told me he's going to go home and cook it for us, and we'll have it for breakfast this morning. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot, Luca. <laughs> yeah.
5: Hey, thanks, guys
0: okay right okay well i'll find you something the bliss balls <laughs> a- apricot and cashew peanut butter date uh chocolate cashew there is some delicious stuff in here let's give it away let's give it away what's your favorite vegetarian meal double eight double three we've got a copy of sustained by brooke Donahue, luca jones and Christel Dunshee moosh so what's your favorite
2: go-to veggie meal boys how good's a steak <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, am sorry I just
1: can't do it I you're just from, can't do it You're from the bay <laughs> Mine's Mine's, mine's My current one At the moment Louis Vegetarian nachos I had it last night For tea Ooh.
0: Yeah, yeah, delicious. I um Shannon does a real good. They are delicious. Mix. Do you know vegetarian Mexican's really good? Shannon does a real good uh, jackfruit mix. So like a Mexican spiced jackfruit, and then you just put it in wraps, and it tastes like pulled pork. Well, I had a flatmate that was like, Izzy. was like, Izzy. he? He was like, <laughs> nah. He's like meat. He's like you can't. You know. He's like I'm from I'm from Canterbury. I eat meat. And he was and we we gave him a jack these jackfruit. Um, tacos one day And he was like Oh poor pork, okay, yeah, Good And he just didn't even tell him Until afterwards Like mate that's just a fruit Couldn't believe it Mind blowing So there's definitely ways You can disguise it Yeah in a, And yeah. in this book Surely Daisy cranks out A, a uh, vegetarian mood
2: uh, Merely once in a while No way he man. I'm like where's the chicken Where's that <laughs> Put that in there Put that steak in there, mate, honestly. Uh, nah, <laughs> no He'll chance. You'll spoil mate.
0: <laughs> you <spoil> with basil. <laughs> Not even going to lie about it as well. I appreciate that. Um, Sustained plant-based foods for active people. Double eight, double three. We've got a book for you. All you got to do is text us your favourite veggie meal and Joe will cook it.
2: Yes, welcome back. We're 15 away from eight, but right now we're going to talk some rugby. They've been the class act all season long and the NPC back to their dominant best under Marty Burke Canterbury will look to cement their spot in the competition final when the Bay travels south to take them on Saturday evening. Bay are plenty under Mike Delaney, have timed their own run superbly, but will know they'll need to lift again if they have a chance of rattling the red and black cage. Oli Jager has been a stable in the Canterbury and Crusaders front row for a long time now, and he's with us on the line this morning. Morning, Ollie.
3: Morning, how are you?
2: Oh, good now, my friend. Uh, how are you doing? How's how's the week been? How'd you just pull up after Northland?
3: Yeah, it's been a pretty good week so far. Uh, I think most of the boys pulled up pretty sore after the Northland game. Pretty physical battle that one, but uh, nah, all the boys looking pretty good this week. Ready to fire into it again and just kind of get back into playing footy, eh? Yeah, nice,
1: nice, Ollie. Hey mate, was pretty uh, a pretty good run home by Northland. What was the review like? Uh, this week, when you re- reviewed that Northern comeback,
3: oh look, there's definitely a couple of things that we need to, you know, sweeten up and tidy up before the week uh, game this weekend. They really threw everything at us. Um, like fair play to them, they put on a real good game, and as I said, they were real physical, which we knew what they were going to bring. So, yeah, a couple of things to tidy up, but um, look, we got the win, and we're just looking forward to this weekend now.
2: Mate, how are you enjoying uh, the front row ranks at the moment? You've got some young talent. you got Tamaiti there, who you are forging a nice partnership with. You've got little George Bow, who's obviously been recognised with his achievements, Brody McAllister. So, a young, formidable forward pack. Are you happy with the improvements that they've made this year and how they're going? Absolutely.
3: Absolutely, aye. It's uh, probably the first time in a while I could probably say I'm one of the old dogs in the front row. Um, but... Um, <laughs> It's a bit of a weird way of saying that. But now they've been going on real good, uh, especially like those young boys like George Bell, Tams, Seth Calder in the ranks too. Having OE back has been great too. Uh, he's been sharing a lot yeah. of his experience with them and really bringing them up to speed and what we need to do. So it's been awesome and they're just looking forward to seeing those guys' careers grow.
1: Hey, Ollie, a bit of a reward here. You know, a few of you selected in the AB's 15. Is that a reflection of how well your Forge unit has sort of come together this year? Um, I would
3: hope so. Um, what's I call it called? I think those boys are getting, you know, a real good opportunity um, to go on and show what we can do in, uh, over in Ireland and over in England for the Babas But it's uh, definitely something that we're proud of. Um, we kind of proud ourselves on the four pack here in Canterbury. So it's definitely a cool thing, cool thing to see uh, all the boys in the team.
2: And how about you, Ollie? You made the the shift a while back. and You've made New Zealand your home now. And now you've been recognised as a selection in the All Blacks 15 to travel up to the UK and, and play some games, mate. But for you, are you still pinching yourself? How's this week been? Are the emotions in check?
3: Yeah, yeah, it's been a bit of a surreal week. Um, it's been, it has been it was awesome to be named into that team. It's uh, only something I've been dreaming of the last couple of years. And um, just the opportunity that I could have just to wear black would be so cool. And um, yeah, still pinching myself a little bit. Um, it's going to be bloody cool also to hopefully get a game against Ireland of all teams as well, which would be a fantastic opportunity. But, you know, I'll be trying to park it to the side a wee bit at the moment because we've got we still yeah. got a job to do here, but it's definitely something, you know, it's been real cool and certainly enjoyed the moment.
2: Yeah, beautiful. Well, just on that job before we let you go, mate, Bad Plenty. I think they're uh, they're a dark horse in this. Mike Delaney led. They're playing so expensive rugby, exciting rugby to watch. Where's the focus been for this attacking the bad Plenty?
3: Uh they're a good team. You know, they love to play with the ball. They've got a good pack, good backs. You know, it's just we got to, just got to trust ourselves, play our game plan. You know, don't go into our shells and then make sure we really just show what we can do. This weekend and just you know have fun you know we're in finals buddy and if we go out there have fun i'm sure we can get the job done
2: yeah get the job done ollie and one thing that canterbury do so well they do the basics extremely well you fall just get wow your your heads into them dark places and ripping and then as an outside back you just love it you love playing behind a full pack like yourself so appreciate you coming on ollie and uh well done this week on the selection and and all the best for the rest of the season with Canterbury, no doubt. You'll, you'll be there come uh, come the, the celebrations, end of the year. So appreciate it, mate.
3: Perfect. Thank you very much, guys. Have a good day.
2: Yes, Oleaga, a guy that's uh, made the sacrifice, moved south, and now he's been rewarded with a selection. So it's, uh, it's a great thing to see. He's been chomping at the door for a wee while now, lads. So some recognition. the back
1: fence with Tony Kemp. Imagine us sitting at home and your phone rings. The person on the end of the line explains to you that your prized possessions have been stolen by some thugs who think they have the right to take whatever they want, whenever they want. As New Zealand gets hit by wave after wave of smash and grab crimes, our beloved mad butcher has had to endure the latest bout of inexcusable behaviour. He has generously donated memories Memories that can never, ever be replaced. Why is this happening in our country? A country where leaving your back doors unlocked was the norm and respect was earned, not spat on. Is it just me or does this take what you want when you want tsunami seem to be increasing exponentially? The loss of the jerseys is despicable and disrespectful. However, I'm sure the butcher would be the first to agree that families with small businesses affected by this crime wave are doing it even harder. I find myself asking why this is happening. The social dilemmas are the same as we have always faced. What has changed? Unemployment is low. In fact, many industries can't find employees, which leads me to think that the lack of employment can't be driving this. Whatever it is, it's time to sort this issue out. I say you do the crime, then make the penalty significant and a deterrent. If we don't penalise this behaviour, I have a sinking feeling that New Zealand will fall deeper and deeper into the crime abyss. Peter, I'm sorry that these low lives have caused you so much heartache. Actually, Butcher, we're all very sorry.
2: Off the Back Fence with Tony Kemp.
5: For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real
4: peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.